Hi, and welcome to the With Tracy podcast. This is where I get to talk to businessmen and women who make up that ever-growing community of entrepreneurs. Join me as I uncover who they really are, as they share insights into their personal journeys, from the light bulb moment to the highs, lows, challenges and successes. James, thank you for doing this, joining me today with Tracy on the podcast. Uh, now, James is a very multi-talented entrepreneur. He's also a writer, a marketeer, and an author. He's just published the Isle of Wight's Missing Chapter and is creator of the blog Ethno, which is about discovering the ethnic identity of countries through food and drink. Sounds very interesting, I have to say. When I did check the blog out, I was already feeling very hungry. <laughs> anyway, I'm delighted to say that James uh, and I have been also working together on several projects uh, over the, oh over about a year. Oh, since November. November, mm. right. Um, and I'm delighted that you've agreed to join me for a chat today. Not so at all. Thank you, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, a man of many talents um, <laughs> and many projects. So, um, should we start with your blog? Could you tell me a little bit about Ethno? Please? Okay. Well, that started about a year ago um, in January. I just decided that I wanted to do something different. I'm sort of fed up with the job I was in and things like that. So, I just decided to spend more time on my passions what I was interested in which mainly travel and food so I combined the two and started writing about all the trips I've been on and things I've tried and places I've been to restaurants and yeah that's how it all began <laughs> going quite well so <laughs> and you've got some favorite places because there's certain areas isn't there of the world yeah definitely like. so would you like to tell us about a little bit about who's in the book who you've written about Okay, well, all sorts of different people. Um, I started researching, not really expecting to find very much, but the list of names was absolutely incredible. Like, even people that everyone would have heard of, like Gandhi, he came to the island, mm-hmm. um, King Ketchway of the Zulus, Queen Emma of Hawaii, like, all sorts of different people, amazing people, and they all came here, and they all, yeah, have part in the island's history, which I think is incredible. And what do you think brought them to the island, generally? I mean, Well, it was quite fashionable at the time. Obviously, Queen Victoria lived here, and a lot of uh, very wealthy people had second homes here or came here for sailing, and things like that so it was a fashionable place to come but you know mixture of reasons I mean Queen Emma came here because Tennyson was here she wanted to visit him um, and King Ketchewayo came here to see Queen Victoria so having people like that already here was obviously a magnet to other people from all across the world. Mm. Is there one person particularly that really took you by surprise or when you went when you were researching um not necessarily one person in particular but what did take me by surprise was how in the Georgian times there were a lot of people of African origin on the island and they were having children here and so there were mixed race islanders in the very first years of the 19th century which I think is incredible yeah it is wow isn't it I, mm. I didn't know that at all yeah it's amazing yeah Gosh, that is fascinating, fascinating stuff. So this book is, is really, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything else out there like this. I mean, you I obviously haven't come across anything. No, especially not like a local history, looking at um, different minorities and things, definitely not. But there has been national um, historians looking at sort of the UK's uh, black history, Asian history, but not necessarily um, local interest, no. Yeah, do you think you'd be able to take that further? Do you think we can see a little... TV series on that. Or <laughs> I don't know about a TV series, but yeah, I mean, m- more information is coming forward all the time. I've mm. found more, like significantly more since I've done it. Other people that have read it have um, suggested more things to me, given me sort of people to get in contact with historians and just normal people that have information. So could well turn into a 
Number two. Oh, yeah, volume two. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> well. Oh, good for you. A little collection of mm-hmm. them. <laughs> and I've always been intrigued, you know, when people are writers and they write books, you know. I mean, how did you, how do you actually start? You know, you sit in front of your computer with a blank screen, you know, you have a piece of paper. How do you actually start to get those words down? So I think I was lucky with this one because it's all factual. Um, obviously, I had to do all the research first and then grouped that into sort of ethnic groups and then into sort of time periods and then just structured it like that. So it sort of was laid out for me in a way from the research. Right, so yeah. it wasn't too hard, but yeah, at least it wasn't a blank, uh, blank screen because that would have been a lot harder. <laughs> and did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Um, it took about eight months. I mean, by the end, I was sort of, the amount of times I'd read through it again and again and again. But yeah, no, I did enjoy it, definitely. And it is an achievement and I am proud of it. Yeah, totally. I think it's fantastic. Um, and the other thing, I don't publishing, now one always thinks it's quite challenging um, or can be a challenge to publish a book and also quite expensive. But how did you find that? Yeah, not a challenge at all, really. I, yeah. mean, I think I approached two publishers and the second one said yes. So... Yeah, it didn't seem that hard at all. And they did everything for me. They proofread it. They designed the cover. Yeah, really helpful. It wasn't hard at all. No. And this was more, uh, was it an online publisher? You, you were explaining to me earlier. I'm, I'm just intrigued by this because... Okay. Um, yeah, it's part of the Troubadour group. Uh, it's called the Book Guild. Um, and they, uh, yeah, they do, they publish books in print. They publish e-books. They do all sorts of things. But yeah, they're just very helpful. And they work with people who are probably a bit more of a risk um, because maybe like with my book not necessarily a national appeal but yeah they were happy to take me on and they uh they're very helpful and so did you just approach them online or did yeah, you just sent an email yeah. and they just asked me to send through the text and within a couple of days they said we think it's got commercial potential so they were happy to move forward with it Good for you. Good for you. Mm. I think that's really great advice for anyone out there. Mm. It's thinking, not hard at all. Yeah, because I think it's one of those things that you do think is a barrier. There's one thing you, mm. what you you feel like you've got something to write about, but actually, then there's that whole publishing side and sort of getting it out there. So you you only had this published recently, didn't you? Yes, in April. And where can one buy your book? All sorts of places: uh, Amazon, <laughs> Waterstones, uh, Telegraph Online, Guardian Online. Uh, WH Smith, Foils Online, and on the island, various places as well. Yes, so a little plug for anyone listening here. Mm-hmm. This is James Rayner's The Isle of Wight's Missing Chapter. Mm-hmm. Thanks Just for that. Go and pick <laughs> that book up. Yeah, very interesting indeed. So let's go on to another project, which is Illyria. Have I pronounced that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is your entrepreneurial side. I don't know how you've got time to do this, of course, James. <laughs> this is your entrepreneurial side. So do you want to just give us a little insight? I know this is all very kind of uh, in its infancy at the moment. Yeah, so. definitely. So, yeah, at the moment it's called Illyria Eyewear. And I've designed um, a type of sunglasses based on sort of a Greek motif because obviously that links back to like my interests and the blog and everything. Um, and that's been produced now, and I'm getting 100 sent over to me literally today. So I'll be selling them uh, over the summer, and then I will close it all down, and then relaunch in the spring with Illyria Apparel, 
which is going to have a couple of sweatshirts as well with sort of Greek and Arabic sort of motifs and wording and things. Uh, maybe a bag, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, but, we always like yeah. a bag. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Like a little sort of lifestyle brand, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So you've got sort of quite a vision for this, have you, going forward? Yeah, I think so. It just all seems to fit really well together. And the fact it sort of mirrors my interests in certain regions, um, yeah, it just seems something that, yeah, I'm passionate about and I want to do and it feels yeah, right. Yeah, Well, it seems to me like you're a person who really pushes their ideas forward. I mean... You know, quite. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I feel that they're all creative things. I mean, they're all separate projects, and they all mm. take time. So, you know, for anyone listening out there, I mean, I guess have you got any advice in terms of is it being structured? Is it just being very focused? Or you have to just really focus on what you really want to do and what makes you passionate. Um, I suppose thinking back, I mean, I'm 26 now, but for a lot, for well, ever since I left school, there were things I wanted to do but I never did them because I put them off or, I don't know, just I never got round to it. But I thought, well, I'll do it in future, like I'll build up to it, but it basically never happened. And then last year I had quite a dark time, to be honest, um, mentally, and it, I got to a point where, you know, everything felt pointless, like life just felt a bit pointless, to be honest. But then I came back from that thinking like, well, if that was if I was at that stage, then why am I not doing what I really want to do? Because... Life's too short, basically, and I was not happy in the job I was in. I was not happy with the life I was living. So that sort of gave me the inspiration and the motivation to try and change things. And as you can see, I'm sort of doing everything at once. Like, I changed my job last year, did the blog last year. I've got a book out already, and I'm sort of trying to do these little businesses as well. So it's all out of that. It's just because I realised I was neglecting what I was passionate about, Mm. and that's such a waste. I know. Oh, well, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think a lot of people would be inspired by that. Okay. Well, I think mm-hmm. they would, you know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we all have times when we just don't know where we're headed and life yeah. feels a bit, you know, like, where am I going? What am I doing? But actually you're saying you can do it. If you focus on something, it can help you. And then you... And achieving something. And, and you've achieved already in a short space of time, you know, well, three great things, four great things, because... James is helping me and um, he does, you know, an incredible job, particularly in your copywriting, but in all the other things you've talked about today. Um, So from a a challenge point of view, because I think anyone listening, you know, particularly the people I interview, many of them are entrepreneurs, you know, running their own businesses or, or you know, aspiring to uh, create their businesses. So what's been your challenge, do you think? I mean, I guess writing a book, it's still a business, um, but Illyria and things like that. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I suppose there have been challenges, especially with the sunglasses, because that was meant to have started by April, but it got delayed and delayed and delayed. But it didn't really matter because you just have to think about it in a different way. And I've just decided to do this sort of extra, sort of larger lifestyle brand later on. So it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to sell 100 of the sunglasses this summer, wait for the rest to come whenever they arrive and just relaunch in the spring. So it doesn't really matter. You just have to sort of work with what you've got. And I suppose with the book as well, it started off that I was writing articles for magazines, but they weren't really interested. So I just put it all together, created the book, approached someone and they published it. So you just have to obviously um, work through the challenges and just try and find different ways to go with it. I mean, what, what happens in the end isn't your initial vision, but it doesn't really matter because 
it's still what you want, it's still your idea, and you still get there in the end, but it just might not be how you envisage it on day one. So are you sort of saying sometimes, you know, you've just got to be flexible? Yeah, definitely. You know, and just perhaps change things slightly. Um, but you're obviously very dedicated and very, I think that's the other thing, is focused, and you obviously enjoy what you do. I mean, you know, I mean, some people will sit here and they say to me, you know, the funding was the challenge, or, you know, I just felt overwhelmed, so I, I wasn't quite sure how to sort of, start it or market it or all that kind of stuff but you seem to have all that very much in control if you yeah, like. Yeah I suppose I do and I, probably part of that is because I waited for so long and if I tried to do this earlier yeah funding would have been an issue but because from that period from leaving school until now I sort of um, denied myself a lot of things because I was saving up because I was thinking oh, I need to build up to something but obviously I never did it. But now I've decided like, just to grab the ball by the horns. Like I have now got the money to do it. So why not? Yeah. Well, okay. So what's next then, James? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of ideas still for other things too because um, I'm not just happy with what I've done. I want to do more. So yeah, potentially a book number two. Um, maybe on this theme, maybe on a completely different theme. Um, thinking about potentially travelling a bit, spending some time in maybe the Balkans to uh, write about, um, well, like how to be a Bosnian or something like that, sort of meeting people there, journalists, um, authors, tour guides even, to find out what they think is like the most Bosnian thing to do and just do it and just experience it all and just sort of see how it feels. Because I feel like I've got an affinity with that country anyway, so I just wondered if... Yeah, that might be something exciting to do. Maybe, maybe not. That <laughs> sounds then, really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we'll see what happens with the business. Um, potential there for more. So, yeah, lots of ideas. See, obviously, I'm jumping ahead a bit at the minute, but yeah, we'll see no, what happens. No, no, no. I always think it's good to have a vision. Okay, yeah, definitely. Because you've kind of got to have that long-term goal, because that's what keeps you going, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I really appreciate you talking to me today. Not Thank at all. you, James. So, look, that's James Rayner. He's got the Isle of Wight's missing chapter out. Look out for Ethno, the blog. And the name of the business, which is due to be launched very soon, is. Illyria Eyewear. There we go. So, you heard it from James. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me, Tracy. Thank you.